about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 287, that's 287, it's the ENS Wolves podcast Not too many oohs today um, as, as, as you can understand uh, Liam, how was your weekend, uh, Bebe, after uh, watching Wolves concede nine goals in three days? Apart from that, how was it? Did you have a nice, a nice couple of days? Nice Mother's Day. Did you have a nice Mother's Day, lad? Um, I did. Well, actually, to be honest, Saturday night was, um, was actually oh, a right hello. as well. I, well Saturday night, baby. Um, came back. you take out your uh, frustration on someone? <laughs> well, that, that, that sounds a bit dodgy, to be honest with you. Um, you can take it which way no. you want. No, no, I came back and uh, had a load of friends over. We watched the UFC. UFC London, of course, was on on Saturday night. Oh, I did try old. and get tickets for it, which a few months back, which was uh, unsuccessful. But um, but no, straight into watching that. And uh, Leon Edwards defended his title, so we, we were all very make believe that stuff, mate. It's embarrassing. Uh, I'm not watch the real I'm, I'm, stuff. Honestly, Come watch the real stuff. Go watch the real stuff. WrestleMania. You know, yes, mate. <laughs> King of the Ring. Cage, yeah. whatever it's called. I don't there you know go. You're there. You're there. You're getting to you my know. area now. Um, all that rubbish. So, yeah. Um, a few beers, um, mate. A few beers. Um, just uh, drowning your sorrows. I did have a few. I did have a few. I needed it. Um, so, I had a, yeah, had a good time. And then, yeah, Mother's Day was nice. You know, went over, gave my mother some flowers and some gifts, like a, a good son. Oh, that's And nice, um, took her out for for some food. And, yeah, it was good. Very nice. Lovely, mate. Lovely How was yours? Uh, very nice, mate. Um, I just drove back to Mum's in Hull, so I drove back on the on the Sunday with the dogs and um, and uh, had a nice little... Just chilled out, mate. Got some flowers on the way. Well, or pre, pre-ordered flowers, by the way. Pre-ordered them. Got to the florist, eighty quid's worth, big bouquet. Bloody and, hell! Uh, I spent a tenner. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, did, I promise you, I did. Tenner from the uh, service station on the uh, way I back. Went, I went to the big Tesco near me on the way to my mother's. What did you get? A little tulips for that? Uh, I don't even know. What Day- they were, Daisy. They, they, they looked. You know they looked alright. I picked them up, saw the price. I thought, bloody hell, that's expensive. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you pulled the sticker off, though, didn't you? The price. Come I on, did. Mate. Well, I did. Yeah, of course I did. I mean, regardless, <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're ten pounds or ten thousand pounds. You don't want her to see the price, do you? No. Are you a f- well? I don't know. Ten grand. You can. I'd be. I'd be keeping the price on there. Well, did you? Um. Are you a flowers guy? Does does the missus like a few flowers? Because mine does from time to time. But normally, I only get them when I'm in trouble or I feel guilty about something. Which is often, <laughs> which is which is every week, surprisingly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Rosie does like that. I'll be honest. Um, I actually got her some not too long ago. So every now and then, I'll uh, I'll surprise. So you her. mean Valentine's Day? <laughs> but actually, her birthday was the day before Valentine's Day oh, as well. Okay. So it was perfect timing. Um, we had a we had a, we had a meeting at Molyneux yesterday, and then before we went to Kidderminster last night. Um, mate, interesting. Um, driving from from Wolves to to Kidderminster, not done that that road before. It's a lot of it's a lot, a lot of place I've never heard of in the black country, mate. By the way, Do you, have you done that that before? Have you ever heard of this, Himley? I have heard of Himley. Kings Winford. I know it. I I wouldn't say I know it well, but I know it. Pen. I saw Pen. <laughs> oh come on, this is bad from you. <laughs> have, you have you ever heard of this one place called Wolverhampton as well? Wolverhampton. Codsall. Codsall. There was a thing. Codsall. You know, you know Codsall. I don't know Codsall, mate. Brid, Bridger North. Oh, I'm not even going there. I know, I know what you're playing at. <laughs> I haven't heard of Kinver before, to be fair. 
I've heard of that as well. Yeah. Really? I've heard no of all idea, these mate. You have to remember as well. I used to work as a news reporter, so. Well, when you said, I mean, yeah, I mean, no one wants, no one wants you turning up to a murder, mate. No one wants to see your face in Cookley. No. <laughs> oh, my God, there's actually a place called Bell End. Astonishing. <laughs> yeah, Next you live to... there, don't you? <laughs> Oh, he's done it. He's done it. Fair play, mate. I've got no comeback from that. Touche, my son. Touche. Right. Uh, Shall we get straight on with it? Let's do it. Let's, I can't. Let's get I nice can't. And... I can't. I can't talk. I can't talk about Saturday yet. Let's let's go. <laughs> let's 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 give me some good news, mate. Uh, talk about the breaking news that's just happened that you just put online. Now that's all good news, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really really really. It's gonna positive. be a really good podcast, by the way. It's really really. Uh, to be honest, stuff. if you're having a bad day, and I, we love every listener. I'm not. I'm not sure whether you want to listen to this next hour. Honestly, it's not. It's not great. We'll try and we'll try and keep it up tempo. But it goes from bad to worse. Keno, give me the news. Yeah, what a way to sell the podcast. Um, <laughs> only, oh, how many? Only five minutes in. Um, uh. Yes, so in the last um, oh, half an hour or so, um, the the FA released written reasons behind uh, why Wolves and Forest were both charged um, after the Carabao Cup game on January 11th. So if you remember, Wolves were, were charged 45 grand, Forest 40 grand, so that's combined about a week's salary for you. Um, <laughs> um, you're in banter, banterous mood today. Mate. I know, I'm doing well enough, to be fair. Yeah, you're doing good. Like me. No, um, <laughs> but, like you. <laughs> we all remember what happened, you know, Gibbs-White's uh, celebration with the penalty shootout. Obviously, the Nunes penalty that wasn't a penalty in normal mm-hmm. time as well that Wolves were angry about. Uh, obviously, Wolves went on to lose the penalty shootout and, and dropped out of the quarterfinals. Um, and then there was a bit of a scrap on the pitch afterwards. Um, everyone involved, I think 13 stewards, uh, had to separate everyone, staff, players, the whole lot. And um, and yeah, the FA basically have, have released written reasons why both clubs were charged. Uh, and obviously you've noticed there that, that Wolves were charged five grand more. And they've gone into a bit more detail as to why. And, and, and essentially, to, to sum it up, um, have concluded that Wolves were more to blame than Forrest were that, uh, in the FA's words, Gibbs-White's celebration was innocuous um, and they don't believe it um, it, it sparked the melee. In fact, they actually accuse Lopetegui of, and I quote, being unprofessional and that his um, his attempt to approach Gibbs-White on the pitch after the game is what sparked the melee. It then goes on to uh, criticise Mateus Cunha, you know, single him out as well, saying that he was aggressive and he pushed Gibbs-White and that uh, Gibbs-White was targeted by both mm-hmm. Lopetegui and Cunha. Um, it does go on to say that, you know, it highlights Forrest's significantly worse misconduct history, which is another quote that they use. Um, but the overall takeaway is that they've uh, singled out Lopetegui, singled out Cunha and blame Wolves uh, more, not solely, but blame Wolves more than they do Forrest for the incident. Um I'm a, little that bit, one. I'm a little bit perplexed when a couple of things. First of all, when they're saying, what did they say? What's the wording towards Gibbs White celebration was innocuous. Innocuous is the word they've used, yeah. So are they referring to the when he scored the penalty and he put his ears up? Is that yes. what he's Yes, they are, yeah. So they're not so they're not talking about when full time whistle went or the penalty shootout was won and he ran 65 yards to the Wolves' end and did an Adebayo in the corner. That wasn't inciting anything, no? 
Well, I think it's a very good. I mean, come uh, on. And fair, fair no, point. I can't argue with that. I can't. Um, I said so. I mean, come on, come on. I think to be to sort of give balance to what the FA are trying to say here, they're not solely blaming Wolves. They are giving you know blame to to both. But what they are doing from uh, at least from the wording that they put out is they're very much giving Gibbs White a free pass and 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 blaming Wolves particularly for that side of the of the incident um which seems a little bit unfair I, do, I think for me I find it I find it a bit of a difficult one because um I, I do I wouldn't say I like it but I do think it's fair enough that players give a little bit back to the fans now and then because you know they, they get a lot of stuff directed at them and you know gives what I took a lot on the night and um albeit it made him look a bit silly in the end I don't mind players giving it a little bit back, but at the same I don't time, mind it when he, he took the penalty and scored the penalty well, and gives that, it that. Yeah, that, that's fair. So, fair, but but don't say innocuous and then and then he's running and doing a, a knee slab in front of the away fans. That's inciting. Well, no, no it, exactly. Inciting. As, as well as inciting. As well as, um, in my opinion, giving you know allowing players to give a little bit within you know it's a grey area, but in, within certain remits. At the same time, you have to acknowledge, I think, that um, Gibbs, Gibbs White doing what he did is. Going to, I think, in your words, insight, which is probably fair enough, um, a fan reaction at the very least, and I think what happened with with Cunha and, and Lopetegui running over as well. Um, I mean, Lopetegui, I know, had a word with with Gibbs. What I think, out uh, off the pitch as well to say, look, you, you shouldn't be doing that. And uh, as far as the FA concerned, Wolves were were more to blame for that incident. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that Wolves weren't to blame for the incident. No, of I know not, that Gibbs White had an issue. With Cunha as well, with when you know doing the same celebration, he's the one who approached him and was pointing fingers. Now whether Cunha took umbrage to that straight away, but um, you know, um, it's uh, the timing's not incredible, is it? Let's be honest. We're not seeing Forest away next uh, next Saturday coming up. Look, and, and we're going to come on to this, and this will be one for the podcast next week. We'll be previewing what is an absolutely a huge, huge game. But for me, Liam, and it might be different to you. Forest will want this kind of an atmosphere. They'll want aggressive um, problems on the pitch, problems off the pitch. They want chaos. They want chaos to win that game. Wolves have got to start keeping their heads, and we'll, we'll come on to this in a bit. But for me, they cannot get involved in this because that's lowering themselves to Forest level. They'll want a scrap. They'll want, you know, sendings off, yellow cards, issues, stoppages in play. That's all playing into someone who, let's be honest, haven't got the quality that Wolves have. That's exactly what they want. That's what Leeds did to them. That's what Bournemouth did to them. That's what they want. They want to drag them down to their level and Wolves have got to start rising above it. You've got to be a bit more emotionally mature, I think, haven't you? And, uh, smart. And, Just be smart. And be sens- sensible as well. I mean, you've got to roll with the punches a little bit and, and trust that the quality on the pitch and the manner in which you're applying yourself on the pitch is going to prevail. Um, and Wolves... The examples you've just given there have been guilty of not doing that at times this season. So you have to manage the occasion. You you cannot allow the game to become the Morgan Gibbs White show. You cannot allow it to become the Steve Cooper. You know you know what he's going to be like. You know he's going to be mm-hmm. at Lopetegui on the sidelines. He's going to be at the fourth official. Him and Golding. his staff are going to be involved. You cannot allow them to to take the narrative. Wolves have got to go there. And um, and play their game. Simple as that. I don't want to go too much into it because I know we're going to preview it next week. But you you are right when you say it really does set it up for this news in particular. Set it up for what was already a massive game to be even bigger. And mm. 
and Forrest will probably be quite happy sat there today with this news coming out, even though it, it, it still doesn't pay them in a great light, of course not, sure. but they'll be happy enough with it coming out and the timing of it because they'll be looking at this game and thinking, right, we can go into Wolves' skin once again. Yes. Um, right. Premier League table, Liam, uh, before we go into Leeds. Look, uh, Wolves, Wolves looking good, uh, 13th place and a uh, point off 12th. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the nice way to look at it. Uh, astonishingly still 13th in the table, which is which is bizarre. Um, but the reality is they're four points off last, four points off bottom of the table and a devastating defeat to Leeds United on Saturday. So many narratives to take away from it. But as we've said, as we were, as we said um, in the tweets, in the video, uh, post-match, during the game, regardless of everything else that went on on Saturday, Wolves were shocking. They gave three, slash four, but three terrible, terrible goals away to a club that is, and a, and a team that is a very poor Premier League side, let's be honest. And for that, they deserve everything that they got. Spot on. Wolves um, can blame or, or, or feel unfortunate or hard done by with uh, officiating mistakes and errors. And of course, they have a massive impact and we'll go into them. But at the end of the day, you have to take it away from the officials because there was there was a, a, an issue with quality amongst officials in, 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 the English, in, in the English game and you have to take it out of their hands. Wolves had ample opportunity to take it out of their hands with the amount of chances they had. Ample opportunity to defend the goals that they conceded and they fell flat on both counts. Being better in both boxes is Wolves' target for me for the next game in the next few weeks because... It was far too poor. The first goal, um, Semedo had been given a warning already. Nonto had gone past him a couple of times in the, in the opening few minutes. The warning signs were there. For the goal, six minutes in, steps past him so easily. Johnny loses Harrison. I mean, and he, he's sort of recovering late to, to try and catch up with him and Harrison, edge of the box, finishes. Okay, poor first 10, first 15. Wolves have got an opportunity to get back into the game and they absolutely dominate lead for that first half. Um... The Semedo penalty, again, comes back to refereeing decisions. But that that aside, had so many chances to score. One that is, is massive is the Pedro Neto chance uh, after Pedence had, uh, had fired straight at Melier. And it falls out to him with, within, what, 10 yards? Pretty much an open goal, does not catch the ball correctly. All he's got to do is lift it above the goalkeeper and the, the, the defender, who are very, very much sort of ground level. And, and that's a 1-1. You know, Fluffs that chance. Wolves have several other opportunities, fluff them all, come out in the second half, four minutes in, five minutes in, whatever it is, into the second half. And that second goal, the ailing goal, is criminal. You cannot allow him to ghost into the back post and nod home from that distance. It's, it's so, so poor. The third goal, Johnny, massive error. Fourth goal, I know, is controversial, but and Wolves obviously chasing the game, but leaving Lamina short there and, um, and Rodrigo finishes. So... All four goals, particularly second and third, very, very avoidable. And um, and Wolves only have themselves to blame for that, regardless of the officiating decisions and mistakes. Yeah, um, let's quickly, quickly give your thoughts on the penalty. For me, I've looked at the penalty many times. It's a penalty for me. I'm not saying it's an absolute 100% penalty, but it's. I think it gets given 65 to 70% of the time. And my issue is, Liam, when it goes to VAR, when... You know the referees look at things. Is that there's not one opportunity in the last five, six, seven games where Wolves are actually getting one of these calls, even if it's a fifty-fifty call, a sixty-four to a seventy-thirty. 
they're on the end or, or the or the or the the rough end of every single one of these calls and you know we can we can huff and puff and and but end of the day if that's penalties convert and it's one one it's a completely different game and it wasn't and you know you've said especially at the start of the second half those the second and third are just absolutely embarrassing goals to give away embarrassing embarrassing they're league one goals to give away let's be honest not even championship goals to give away but at the same time there there is a frustration that's boiling over in these games because of certain situations you know I mean, we couldn't believe the penalty wasn't given the um, the media staff at wolves couldn't believe it we we saw the we had the benefit of replays and um it's just it's just a culmination of a lot of frustrating things and after the game when i you know i tweeted and i say look you know, i'm not saying that there's any kind of like a vendetta against wolves here but there is a situation i think that needs to be discussed where where referees are almost like not looking forward to to referee Wolves games here because they know what they're going to get. And I think sometimes that doesn't help Wolves. And that's a culmination of shocking decisions of which there has to be apologies given and there has been apologies given, not that it gives you any points, but also um, Wolves have got to take some of the blame as well and maybe they can react better to certain situations. Because what we don't want is a narrative here going forward in these massive 10 games where another one or two or three decisions go against them, which could end up costing their place in the Premier League. Absolutely. And for me, this comes down to an issue of subjectivity because albeit for me, for you, it was a penalty uh, on Nelson Semedo on the weekend. Um, even more clear-cut was the decision at Newcastle, um, Pope on, uh, on Jimenez. I mean, I think even looking at pundits and the media elsewhere that is a almost a 99% consensus that that is a uh, that is a penalty this made a one less so but I mean you still think it is um the Adama situation with the fourth goal against Leeds look we both think it's a foul a lot of people do but there'll be some people that tell you it isn't um there'll be people now in the governing bodies um who despite having uh, apologized for several of those incidents including the the Newcastle one There'll be some people at those governing bodies who will still not think that that is a penalty um, for right or wrong. Now, that comes down to them being subjective decisions. I think the Liverpool VAR farce, as I like to describe it, is the only one that is... I don't know if it's the only one that's incompetent, but it's the only one that is is clearly 100% wrong. We think the other ones are, but other people don't think they are. And that's the problem for me, because... Um, the rule set isn't clear, VAR isn't clear, VAR doesn't intervene at the right times. When it does intervene, it's inconsistent. The referees themselves are not good enough. Um, I'll give you an example that is a very balanced example. The Johnny yellow card against Leeds, what obviously was a red card in the end. But Michael Salisbury was, what, five, ten yards away and gave a yellow card for that tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a stone wall red card. Yeah, and I'm giving this from a from a balanced perspective because obviously mm-hmm. you know we don't want Wolves players to be sent off, but that is a stone wall red card, 100%. and he needed VAR to give yeah. that. Me and you could see in real time that that was a bad tackle, mm-hmm. and we were what <laughs> we were we were the other side of the, of the stadium. Away. Exactly, it's it's incredible, and that that for me perfectly encapsulates and highlights the problem with the standard and quality of refereeing in, in the English game. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another example. Ailing in the first half, I think it was against Johnny, brings Johnny down on the edge of the box, free kick given, yellow card to Ailing. 
me and you in real time watched it in the stadium, then watched the, the, the replay and said it and confirmed what we already said. It wasn't even a foul, let yeah. alone a foul on a yellow card. And again, that's me giving another balanced example where it went against Leeds. Now, it wasn't something that impacted the outcome of the game, of course not, but it's an example of something that could have impacted the game. Had Aileen been sent off later in the game, Leeds fans would not have been happy. Could have impacted the game, and it came from such poor refereeing. I mean, he was close to that again. And I, I forget what the incident was before it, but about five minutes before, he didn't give something. Um, maybe it was the penalty or something similar. Um, and it felt to me like the referee had realised he made a mistake and was trying to make up for it by giving something in Wolves' direction. And regardless of what decisions, whether they go for Wolves or not, a referee cannot have that mindset. Now, I'm. I don't know that's his mindset. It just seemed to me that's what, what he was doing. But overall, the referee, Michael Solsby, had no control over that game from start to finish. And um, and then you get chaotic situations like we had from, from start to finish, including that fourth goal and, and the situation we had. I've never seen a referee go to the monitor and check a decision and then decide that he's he's right, even though VAR's told him to have a look. I, I don't but, understand. I mean, that, that, that epitomised what's wrong with... With the situation, may and maybe some kind of subconscious bias towards Wolves at this moment in time with referees, because that that to get forget every other de- decision in that game, every other decision in that game. Yes, Adama shouldn't have stopped. Absolutely, shouldn't have stopped. Criminal. You can't stop that game. You can't stop. However, when VAR pull you back, say you need to have a look at this, and you see the tug and where he stops. I don't think there's another referee, I hope there's not another referee in the country that would have said, no, I'm keeping my initial decision. Like you say, it never, ever gets overturned, especially when you've got that evidence. And that, that instance there, when he let that fourth goal go, that's what worries me. That was a clear F you, Wolves. You've, 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 you've done me in this game. Your, your, your bench are horrendous, your manager's horrendous, your players are horrendous, you've peeved me off, I'm, I'm, I'm letting it go, I'm letting it go. And that's emotion, that's emotion. That's not him believing that that is not a foul. That is 100% emotion. That's what Wolves have got to be careful about and they've got to be careful about referees going forward for these last 10 games. They've got to just almost just let it, let it bubble, let it bubble, bubble under the surface, don't let it come up, deal with it at the end of the season because... Unfortunately, they're going to have ten more games, and they've got ten more referees, and they've got twenty more linesmen to deal with. Linesmen just as bad, by the way. Got caught in it. Got caught in it. Um, I mean, for him to turn around to back into to Matias Nunes and then say he pushed him again just shows that they are so heightened. They're looking for anything, anything in that microcosm, and they're losing it. And they're not good enough. They're not good enough, hands down, to be dealing with this kind of pressure situation. But when the pressure's on them, they do not like it. They hate it. And it's causing massive, massive ructions and wolves are on the end. Unfortunately, the majority of poor decisions. And that's what's... that. You know, if that was just one game, Liam, and it happened in that one game and everything else was okay, I don't think there'd be an issue. But it's a it's a combination. It's It's... it's you know, adding up, adding up, adding up and boiling over after game, after game, after game, after game. You know, that's what I said afterwards. You know, a lot of the Leeds fans, I got loads of replies saying, you know, what about this? What about that? You bet you this. Yeah, I've got to call all the names under the sun. We could have abuse of the week for the next hour they on Friday, right? <laughs> but they just, but they, but they didn't understand, like, this isn't the Leeds game apart. This is a combination of seven, eight, nine, ten games this season. And it completely went over the heads, which, you know, of course, 
doesn't take a lot to go over Leeds fans' heads. Oh, no, he's done it. But, well, it doesn't, does it? Let's be honest. They completely misunderstood the whole situation and just thought it was aimed at them. But it was, it's, it's a, it's one after the other after the other, and you can see the frustration. And Wolves have got to be better at containing their emotions. I think Nunes' red card will definitely get rescinded. I'm sure it'll get rescinded because end of the day, it was a push. There was no um, dialogue there. There was nothing in the report to say that there was any kind of like chat. It was it was that it was he pushed the referee linesman back. Oh, the linesman linesman backed into him. But it can't it can't continue, and that's the frustrating thing from that VAR and that fourth goal. That was purely. Purely egotistical and nothing else. Mm. You've had um, a couple of replies to your podcast tweet from Leeds fans as well. I noticed. Oh, they love it, um, mate. They love it. I mean, you know, <laughs> when you when you when you when you're supporting that terrible, terrible team every oh single week. God. Oh, mate, they're awful. You're so <laughs> awful. They are dreadful. I mean, I can't watch that crap every week. I'd have to quit, honestly. Oh, and then you've got YouTubers and vloggers and, and you know, some of the some of the pictures of fans. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not even going to bite here because, honestly, you're, you're 11 year olds and you're just <laughs> so embarrassing watching that drivel every single week. Well, now but, can you uh, tell me what you really think? Um... <laughs> It's, it's all good. They love it, mate. They love it. Look, well, just, end of the um, day. Oh, end of the day, they've got to they've got to work on they've got to work on it, and they've got to work on containing their emotions. Yes. Joking aside, because yes. if they don't, it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them dear. Yeah, and linking that that emotion point that you've made there to the Nunes incident. Um, obviously, we've seen the video. There's absolutely no push. Um, it's it, it, if I'm honest, it's not even that aggressive. His arms are outstretched. He, he, you're obviously talking to the to the linesman, but it's not you know overly aggressive. It's not a Mitrovic situation here. Um, the problem is whether there is going to be. Obviously, we'll find out in the, in the coming days. I think we're more likely to find out probably back end of this week, maybe mid to this week. You know, it depends. Um, so obviously, one whether that gets overturned or not. Wolves have appealed it. Um, we'll wait and see whether the linesman or the officials make any accusation of of verbal abuse um but very much from the actions it's absolutely not a red card so you would hope it gets it gets appealed and wolves are hopeful of that as well the problem is a couple of things one you've got the mitrovic incident as i've just mentioned you imagine he's going to be made an example of and to be honest rightly so because you can't put hands on an official i completely agree with that but you also hope that the timing isn't bad for wolves and for nunez because um it also wouldn't surprise me if they go right well Look, we're, oh, we're, well, there's two completely different situations, Lee. No, no, no. I completely, I completely agree. But he's already been sent off, so they're having to go back and then decide whether it's a clear and obvious error, whether they've made a mistake. Um, are they going to admit that at a time when Mitrovic is being found guilty of, of, of well, shoving a? a but referee? I think Julian Lopetegui went went down afterwards, didn't he? I mean, he was a long time going into his post match press conference, and I think he'd obviously had words he'd spoken, and they seemed very, very confident that, that would be overturned. Now, whether he'd spoken to the referee and the linesman himself, show them the footage or whatever, but I think you know if you're the linesman, you look at the footage as well. You know that the, if you're saying there's a push, and then you look back at that, you're like, look, okay, I backed into him. It's fifty fifty, you know. As long as it comes from the referee and the lines, we're going, okay, we're okay with that. I don't think that'll be an issue. And, and surely, yeah, hopefully, that'll be common sense will will, will will come into place. That's what we're relying on, really, there. Um, but I was going to add to that as well with the, the emotion point. Um, Nunes, I mean, look, I, I still think it will get overturned and I'm hopeful it will be as well. But he hasn't helped himself with his reaction afterwards either. He's fortunate enough that, of all people, Diego Costa... Grabs hold he's of calm, him. He's calm. He's calm, constantly. Yeah, he's so you need he, in these situations. He's well known for being a cool, calm, and collected head, isn't he? <laughs> um, I mean, he is thankful that Costa was there to, to to drag him back because Nunes was was aiming for that linesman. He was going to head straight over there, and 
I do not want to even think what he would have done had he got over there because um, he was absolutely furious. So that's not going to help his case. I don't these think decisions are, these decisions are... What I'm saying is that this, this is a knock-on effect of these terrible calls, mate. No, you're you know right. I mean? No, you are right. You are right. But Wolves, I think you have to, you have to try and keep your heads... You have to try and keep yeah. your heads better than that. And, um, and then it comes back to the point at the very top of this podcast as well. You have to take it out of their hands because Wolves should and are definitely capable of being a hell of a lot better than they were against Leeds. And let's not dress it up. I mean, I know you've just slagged Leeds off, but let's not dress it up anymore. Wolves should and could have won that game had they probably 10 20% improvement on what they were. They'd have won that game pretty comfortably. Because Leeds were poor on the day. They were clinical, four shots on target, Are they a good side leading Leeds? No. Um, no, not at all. I think they would struggle to stay up if they performed like that, which is bizarre because they won 4-2, but genuinely they'd struggle to stay up if they performed like that um, all season. Now, obviously, I don't follow them uh, regularly, so maybe they have been performing better than that. I don't know. But well, someone they won five me, games this season going to the get into the season. Well, someone did say to me as well, they watched the, the point they got uh, against Brighton recently, and apparently they were absolutely hopeless. So... Um, you know, they but they're dragging some results out. So you know, fair play. <laughs> Wolves need to do that. So I, you know, I can't criticise too much. But I think if they perform like that, then they're going to struggle. Look, it's. I mean, the Johnny red card was, like you say, is is, is a red card. And, Absolutely. Um, it's we we look now into uh, so that's a three game ban, violent conduct. So Ryan Atnori was not in the side. Lopetegui. Correct me if I'm wrong, Liam said it was tactical, so he yep, wasn't in right. the, you know, which isn't great in itself for Wright Norrie that he wasn't in the, the 20 that were selected. But you've got to assume that Norrie would come back into this team now for Forest in and, and three big games. I don't think that's going to harm Wolves too much, to be honest. I don't think Johnny's been anything like what he was. You know, he's had two bad injuries, but he's not having a good season, Johnny. Whether he scored the goal or not, I'm not too confident that Johnny would be playing next week at Forest, even if he had stayed on the pitch, Liam. It, it begs the question, especially with Nelson Semedo as well, picking up an injury in that game, whether Lopetegui might look now, especially going to Nottingham Forest next Saturday, or potentially changing this formation. Could you see, especially without Nori there as well, I know obviously forward, forward, you know, going forward is very useful, but still... I think lacks a little bit of that defensive mentality when it's needed the most. Could you see a situation where he goes to a back three and brings Nathan Collins into the game? Yeah, I definitely could. And, and that'll be probably more to do with Aitken Nori playing than anyone else, wouldn't it? The problem is he came on against Newcastle and they were playing that formation and he was wildly out of position for Newcastle's winning goal. So... He has to do a hell of a lot better, Ryan Aitnori. Um It's very similar to the Pedence situation recently. Pedence missed, uh, was not starting games, um, was coming off the bench, was performing poorly off the bench. Um, if we're being honest, was a little bit stroppy at times. Um, I haven't necessarily seen that stroppiness from Aitnori at the moment, but he's absolutely not been performing off the bench recently. And then all of a sudden, he's left out of the squad for tactical reasons. It was the exact same reason we got when Pedence was left out of the squad. Um, I think he was straight back into the starting lineup. Exactly. So it would not shock me at all, um, partly because of uh, you know personnel issues, um, but partly for the reasons uh, similar to, to Pedence, 
that Ignori comes back in and starts against Forrest because Lopetegui sent a message to Pedenz, a public message, but shrouded by tactical, and I'm putting my hands up in inverted commas there, um, shrouded by tactical, but it was a, it was a very much a public message to him, book your ideas up. If I'm being brutally honest, he, he hasn't been particularly great the last couple of games, but then, I mean, he's had moments, but um, he, he, he's, he, he's not been good enough. Aynori has now got to come in, if, he, if and when he does play against Forrest, and he has to be a hell of a lot better than he has been recently. Um, and for me, look, maybe there's something we're missing um, from the outside that we're not aware of, but for me, it's a very similar situation. He's sending him a message, book your ideas up, and... Um, and I would like to think that he does because there's a, there's definitely a player there with Aynori. Um Absolutely, his defensive qualities have been lacking on several occasions, but there's a, absolutely a player there. And for that reason, coming full circle to what you asked, I think going to a back three, back five, obviously with wing backs, I think potentially away from home as well might even be the best move because mm. Wolves are going to have to keep it tight against Forest. Look, Wolves have got more quality than them, of course they have, but that is, it's a, it's an intimidating, <clears throat> loud place to go. To be fair to the fans. And we already know players like Gibbs White and others are going to be well up for it. Um, you've got also potential of Hugo Bueno potentially coming back as well. You don't know that. He's obviously got international break to recover, so maybe he might be um, he might yeah. be available for selection. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens on on that front. Someone I do I do want to discuss again, Liam, and we haven't discussed him plenty of times actually in the last few weeks. But I mean, Lopetegui's brought in a lot of a lot of players. He spent a lot of money and I still think he's done a very good job as manager. There's a lot of players who have been here under under Nuno and Bruno who have done very, very well and they've been playing. Someone who's gone from the outside looking in to being a bit part, to playing a little bit and then to come out and then to not be playing, then loaned out and then come back and then his contract's expiring and then he comes on as a sub, then he starts, then he's back on as, on the bench. For me, out of every single person at this moment in time, Adam Atreo is probably the most informed Wolves player. And he, he he's not going to be a member of the, member of the squad in three, in three months' time. You know, I thought he was, again, I thought he was superb going forward. Came on at right back. Now, I know the narrative of the game kind of helped him and that Wolves were on the back, but it was 11 versus 10 and he was, they couldn't handle him yet again. This guy, out of everybody and all these guys on massive contracts and big money and big wages and... 30, 40 million pounds worth. And, and this is the guy who's going on a free transfer and, and yet again was was the difference between the two sides. And if it wasn't for, I guess, that stoppage in play that kind of hindered Wolves, I think, um, I, I thought that he was going to be, you know, go on and help in that third goal and, and get that equaliser because he was unstoppable again. Yeah, I think the first point on this is it comes back to his professionalism, his attitude and application, to be fair. Look, he's not always been, we know this, not always been the most consistent player but have many have many though? Well, no, no, Liam? no. That's a fair many, point. No, that's a fair you know, point. Like, I can't argue with apart that. Apart from Neves, you know, look, these guys who have come in, Cunha, Nunes, you know, even the likes of you know Moutinho. We we all say I think that's an easy cop out sometimes with a dammer saying, well, you know, he's he's up and down. Well, so are bloody all the others. It's just because he gets bums off seats that I think sometimes people he, he gets a bit of unfair due criticism. There's a lot of other players that are up and down, but because it's not a dammer Troy way, they don't get um, tarnished with the same brush. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, but no, just looking at Adama, you know, isolating him and looking at him, uh, the point still stands. Like he's not the, the most consistent at times. And um, what I was coming to was a compliment, if you let me finish, Mr. Judah. Um, <laughs> was that? Well, I'm just saying. I uh, no, no, no. You you are right though, and uh, it's a fair point. But 
he comes back to his professionalism and his attitude, his application. I've still to this day not heard a single bad word anyone's had to say about him as a person, as a character, as someone who works hard on the training ground, someone who wants to perform, wants to play. I've still never and look, and even when I do hear a bad word, I'll happily, I'll happily, uh, you know, put it out there and say it and. And um, I've got no problem with criticising him when he performs badly, but I still have never heard a bad word said about him. I did that one interview with him, came across very well. Look, he's been very important to Wolves the last few weeks and absolutely was probably the best player, or if not one of them, on Saturday. Um, came on, of course, as you say, the circumstances of the game suited him, but Wolves found him with, with a lot of passes, a lot of very clever passes in behind, and he caused all sorts of havoc. Um... The problem is, it's that age-old debate. Is he best utilised off the bench as an impact player? On that particular game, he was. He's had starts where he's been excellent, but he's had starts where he's been poor. So we need to... I don't know. I don't know actually, I don't know the answer to this one, which is bizarre. Um, the answer for me, which is away from the question, is try and keep hold of him. Because I think at the moment, he's been a player that has, uh, has, has looked the most dangerous for Wolves particularly when you consider some poor performances in players of those positions. Um, Nuno famously used him in a couple of times when they're desperate as a right wing back. I just wonder, Liam, if Nelson Semedo's injury is is not looking great, or he might miss Forrest. I'm trying to think, and Johnny's out, of course. I mean, can it be between, correct me if I'm wrong, Adama Traore on the right, or Dexter Limbakisa probably? Yeah, I mean, Lembekis is the obvious natural fit, but it depends whether, um, obviously, you go with a more senior player in Adama. The problem I have with starting him from the beginning in right-back is, obviously, he's not a defender. I mean, a right-wing-back, I know he's different to right-back, but... Um, I know, I'm just thinking of any other options. I'm just, you know... The, it, the only other option is you stick with the back four and you have Collins at right-back. Obviously, not right-wing-back. They're pretty much the options you've got. You've exhausted all of them there. Um, but, you know, to give Lembekisa his credit, um, he was very good when he did get an opportunity. Obviously, it's been a while since he's played, but he's been playing for the 21s. He got his senior call-up to, to the Jamaica team a few weeks back, played in two friendlies, uh, started them both, played very well, got man of the match in one of them, and has now been called up for this, the, the senior team again, but this time it's a more senior squad for the actual... Um, the actual uh, competitive game that they've got, they're playing Mexico, and uh, around him is Mexico, of course, and um, and he's and you know they've got a team with a lot of you know senior Premier League players in, and and he's in there. So mm. fair play to him. I, I think this is you know the reason he was kept. And I, I've reported this recently. The reason he was kept at Wolves and isn't hasn't gone on loan. He may do next season, but hasn't done so far. Is Lopetegui wanted a fifth fullback option? He's now got a situation where potentially two or three. Depending on injuries, uh, potentially two or three of his fullbacks are going to be out for the next game. Mm. I think give Lembekisa his opportunity; he's earned it. He certainly has. Um, so you talk about internationals there, Liam. Um, look, it's it's. I think correct me if I'm wrong, and you might have a different opinion. People say we well, need to get need to get the next game out of the way. I think it's a good time for Wolves just to have a break here, just to let them calm down as much as anything off the pitch. You know, relax, take a deep breath. But they're still 13th, albeit they've played a lot, you know, a more, one more game than most and two more games than, than West Ham United, who are currently in the bottom three. So, yes, it is a kind of false position at this moment in time. But two weeks now, work with who are there at Compton, but also just kind of like breathe. Collective sigh, 
let's get back, let's get back to basics, let's have a plan of action and let's all be moving in the same direction ahead of Forest because it just seemed that everyone's getting wound up. The fans, the players, the media, uh, everyone around it. And I think that maybe this is a good time for a break. We needed a breather, I think, didn't we? I think we I think it is a good time. And also you are getting some players back. You know, Huang will be maybe not the Forest game, maybe after. Bubakar Traore is going to be very close for Forest potentially. Hugo Bueno's, I think if all goes well, will probably be in contention maybe maybe the game after. So you are going to be getting players a lot closer to coming back and with, you know, without a game in between. So that's a massive positive. Um, you just have now to get these players on international duty to come back fit. So Wolves have got 10 players altogether um, away, including Glenn Bikisa and including, including um, Joe Hodge, who's with the 21s, including Neto's with the Portugal 21s. Joe Hodge with the Ireland 21s, obviously. Um, so including those young players as well, they've got 10 players away altogether and now you just have to get them back fit um, and available. And, um, and and that is the biggest the biggest challenge now, I would say. Yeah, of course. Um, so who's who's there from the main squad back at home? Who can work with um, Lopetegui? Oh, I've got to name the whole squad that's that's not going... Is it easy well, to no, just, you know, who, who are your main first teamers who were basically still at Compton? Matinho. Mm-hmm. Cunha. Yeah. Sarabia. Yeah. Uh, you're challenging my uh, my memory test here. Oh, um, sorry. Because it's more <laughs> there's more there than there, than there's not because there's only ten okay. away. Um, Nathan Collins isn't there, is he? He's gone. No, he? Collins is with the Ireland team. San Neves and Nunes are with Portugal. Mm. Jimenez with Mexico. Jao Gomez with Brazil. Remember that got announced a few yeah. weeks back. Yeah, uh, great and, picture of him today. Yes, Eight Nori's gone out with Algeria, so he's okay. um, he's obviously uh, pledges allegiance to them. And then, as I say, Neto's with the Twenty Ones, Portugal. Hodge with the Ireland Twenty Ones. Lembic East with with Jamaica. So not many then, not many back at Compton. Uh, well, I don't know. There's only ten away there, and there's a couple of them are young lads, so okay. still a, still a decent number. Okay, still still enough to work with. Uh, it'll be good though. I think it's good to have a rest this weekend and just just chill out. We won't be though, Liam, because we we've got a game this Sunday. We have. Damn Do you right know that? Yeah, we're at, the, uh, we're at Shrewsbury Town. Uh, Dave Edwards um, has organised a very special charity game and um, we're looking forward to it. I spoke to Dave earlier on today about the game and how you can get tickets. And here is that chat. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Dave Edwards. Dave, thanks very much for joining the Wolves Poddy. It's just it's nice to be working with a bit of talent for a change. I'm not sure about that. I don't know if I can class myself as talent, um, especially with the knowledge you guys have. But it's a nice gesture for you to say that. It's um, look, it's um, difficult times at the moment, Dave. I've got to ask you before we move on to Sunday about about last Saturday and, and the Leeds game. You obviously get to watch Wolves a lot these days. Um, what did you make of it? Obviously, obviously a bit of a shocker. Yeah, it was a frustrating afternoon, wasn't it? And I think. After the disappointment of going 1-0 down, I thought Wolves actually reacted really well. I thought they played some really good stuff in that first half, but they just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. And that goes down to some poor finishing, some good defending by Leeds at time, and just some just some bad luck. More than anything, in the way they conceded the next two goals in particular mm. and find themselves 3-0 down, uh, with Leeds only really having three chances. Some pr- pretty poor defending, which is, I think, unlike Wolves since the... Julian Lopetegui has come in so that was a surprise in particular the time of the second goal back post free header Mm -hmm. Luke Halen that was inexplicable really but 
they rallied. They went well. I thought they lost a little bit of momentum when Neves went off. I thought he was. So, I thought he was brilliant for um, the whole of the game. Really, he was Wolves' driving force, and at three two, and then Neves to go off that that really shifted that momentum. Um, and they're just obviously not getting the rub agreement with some of these decisions. But saying that, they still conceded three goals slash four with yeah. the, obviously Adama foul and and against Leeds at home. That's not good enough. Do you think they'll be okay, Dave? I know, you know, a lot of people are saying they're too good to go down. I don't think any side's too good to go down, but have you seen enough there that they can rally and get the results that are needed between now and the end of the season? Yeah, most definitely. I think if they can just remain calm and um, make sure they do what they can do on the football pitch and not get roped into the emotions which go into a relegation battle, then, then they'll be fine. My one worry is that they maybe haven't got the experience of these sorts of situations, mm-hmm. but what they have got is they've got terrific footballers and I think that every other team down there sort of below Wolves be saying they wish they were in Wolves' position. So it seems to be a lot more settled at the football club. They have a, a top-class manager and a lot of top-class players but that has to transcend into points which is not doing at the moment but my gut tells me they, they will be okay. But at the same time, I do think that the bottom of the Premier League is very good this season. I don't think there's any teams like in past Premier League years where they're cut adrift quite early and you can see they're ready for the championship. I do think that the quality down there is a lot stronger this year, which so it makes it a lot more interesting for the neutral, but um, it obviously makes it a lot more tougher for Wolves. But I do oh. think they'll be OK. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. Um, look, it's, it's it's nervous times. It's nervous every, every weekend. We've got an international break now, Dave, and um, it's nice to maybe watch a game chilled out and, and, and enjoy it and relax and there is a fantastic game that you were organising on Sunday at the Montgomery Waters Meadow Stadium uh, can you tell us a little bit about it please because this is a cracker yeah it's, it, it certainly is going to be a cracker and for Wolves fans who are looking for their football fix this weekend it will be great for them so it's um, it's a charity game between a Shrewsbury team from players I've played with against a Wolves team from players I've played with so they're all household names in that Wolves team there's some real good footballers ranging back from sort of 2008 onwards uh, right up until 2016 with Sam Ricketts probably being one of the later players but yeah as I said any Wolves fans who have followed Wolves during that period they'll know every single player in that in that squad um, and the opportunity to watch them play together again um, I can't imagine it happening many more times so it really is a good opportunity and most of all supporting two charities which I'm sort of very close to so hopefully we'll raise lots of money on the day um, but I'm really excited to see the the two teams um, say have a, a stress-free game for the fans <laughs> but I think for the players on the pitch it won't be put themselves through their paces again um, but I'm sure they're already looking forward to it and just really hope that we can have a good turnout because say the the quality of players on show probably deserves a decent crowd as well so fingers crossed that happens absolutely yeah a few fan favourites there Dave can you let us know some of the some of the faces we might be seeing Yes, yeah, so from obviously from Wolves' point of view, if I kind of go start from the back, you're looking at Carl Ikemi, um will be in goal there. Fantastic. The f- defenders like George Elikobi, Sam Ricketts, Richard Stearman, Jody Craddock, um, midfielders, Carl Emery, Dave Jones, Matt Jarvis, Stephen Hunt, um, Chrissy Walumu up front as well. So, yeah, and many more. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but yeah, loads more players as well. So, really lucky with the response I've had in terms of players coming out to to join me and give up their time on a Sunday afternoon to come and 
support these charities but i do think they're really looking forward to actually putting the boots on again because you do miss it once you retire and the opportunity to play in front of a crowd again on a, a good footballing pitch in, in a nice stadium at shrewsbury it's a, it's a good opportunity for them but i'm really grateful for them i've got matt murray and lee naylor in the dugout as well so oh, wow. team for walls as well so nails has said he'll he'll pull a shirt on as well if needed for the last 15 20 minutes so <laughs> i'm really looking forward to seeing that he's someone i didn't play with but i know he's a He's a he's a bit of a legend, so he'd be great if he can if he can do that. But him and him and Matt Morrow will be picking the team and yeah, trying to get the lads up and ready for the game. Fabulous. And um, look, if fans haven't got tickets, they're listening to this today or or Friday, depending on on uh, when they're listening to it. How would you go about getting a ticket? Is it can you buy them now? Can you buy them on the door? What's the situation? Yeah, you, you can do both. The ticket office will be open um, on the day um, if you can buy it before. That's obviously great for us knowing what sort of numbers are going to turn up if you can do that by going on Shrewsbury Town's website and just following the, the the process to get to matches and home games and then my game's on there um, but if obviously if you don't do that and you just want to turn up on Sunday it's a 1.30 kickoff so try and get there nice and early there'll be lots going on in and around the ground on the day showcasing what the charities do and opportunities obviously to see the players before the game so um, yeah, 1.30 kickoff, but you can turn up and buy the tickets on the day as well. Oh, brilliant. Great for kids as well. Bring the families, like you say, opportunity for, you know, you can't get to a lot of the players these days. So to get some to some some real stalwarts of the club and have a picture and, and a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, a fantastic Sunday afternoon for the family. It, yeah, it certainly is. And I say, I know we're trying to raise money for, for the charities, but obviously we find that we've tried to price it at an affordable level. I think it's ten to twelve pounds for adults and just a pound for a junior. So hopefully, if you can afford to come along, it'd be hugely appreciated. Um, and I say it's not so much like a normal match day at Wolves nowadays. There'll be lots of chance, I'm sure, to to go down and meet the players, get autographs, chat to people. Um, really nice, friendly atmosphere. And say, especially for kids, the more kids we can get there, the better. It's um, they'll help create a, a great atmosphere and. Being able to watch players who sort of gave their all for the football club as well, it's nice to show a little bit of support to them guys. Fantastic. I mean, 17 out of the 19 years spent with Shrewsbury and Wolves, Dave. I'm sure a lot of the fans will want to come and say thank you to you as well for, for you know, all your efforts there. So, 1.30 kickoff, Montgomery Waters Meadow on Sunday. Make sure you go there, support two great charities. Myself and Liam will be there and hopefully we'll see you all there on Sunday. Dave, thanks very much, mate. Appreciate your time. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much to Dave. Uh, much appreciated. Looking forward to it, Liam, isn't it? I mean, look, there's loads of loads of old school Wolves players there. Um, I mean, you know, I said it on there, but to to have the majority of your career serving two clubs is fantastic. And, and look, it didn't it didn't end particularly great for Dave in the fact that he. I feel like the fans didn't get a chance to say goodbye um, under Nuno. And you know, he's doing a great job with these two charities. But I think for us and for the fans as well. It's important that we go and support him, but also go and say thanks to Dave as well, because such a such a massive player for Wolves and, and really gave us all. Yeah, I, I, obviously we do the column with Dave um, at the Express and Star as well, and I um, over the last could do with Dave Edwards in this situation, mate. To be honest, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. You could do, couldn't you? It's like a Dave Edwards type player. Yeah, no, no. I think I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, so I've sort of got to know Dave a little bit over the last few months and stuff, and I've never sort of told him this and maybe it's a bad time to say it on a public podcast but um, as a Wolves fan he was always one of my sort of favourite players of that era when he was when he was playing so uh, it's been a pleasure sort of to you know to speak to him with the, with the, with the, with the column and get to know him a little bit and um, and you're totally right he didn't really get that opportunity for someone who was at the club for so long to, to get that goodbye he was a little bit you know under a under a cloud as he as he left for, for Reading wasn't it at the time um, mm. so 
I think it'll be a good opportunity for that. Of course, raising money as well for for Little Rascals and the Shrewsbury Foundation as well. I mean, two very important charities. Um, and of course, you know, as well as his love for Wolves, Shrewsbury is a massive, massively important club to him as well. So to have it at Shrewsbury's ground, to have it between these two teams, I think he's playing for both teams as well over the course of the game. So um, yeah, it, it's a brilliant. It should be a brilliant occasion. I'm very much looking forward to going down and seeing. Some of uh, some of the old faces from from that era, and luckily it's some of the old faces who can still move. Um, so, hopefully... oh mate, that treatment table is going to be packed, though, isn't it? I mean, now those dressing rooms are going to be stinking of deep heat. It'll be uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, look, there's there's a lot of very good athletes in there still. Look, George Ellicobi being one, he was still a monster. So I think um, it will be entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It'll be interesting how Jamie O'Hara gets on, maybe with the fans more than the football. Um, I love it, mate. Pantomime villain. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it should be great. It's, it's a great, um, a great bunch of uh, of players that he brought together for the squad as well. Carl Akimi, obviously back in between the sticks as well. Great to see him playing, mm. um, and loads of you know favoured Wolves fans from over those years. Jarvis, Iwaluma, I mentioned Kobe, Foley, Ward. I could go on. There's loads of them. Harold be bringing the Pringles with him. Um, quick thing about um, about Dave Edwards, though. Two things. Um, first of all, always had great hair, Dave Edwards. Very jealous of Dave Edwards' hair. Great I'm, hairline. I'm, I'm worried. About, I'm more jealous of the hairline than the hair. But yeah. Oh, it's amazing, absolutely. man. I mean, still today, absolutely immaculate. You know, you know, it's one of those players where you look at some players and they're 60 minutes in, and the hair is all over the place. And the, and there's certain players, and literally, there's not a strand that is out of place. If it's supposed to be there, it's there for a reason. Dave Edwards, one of those players. I know, you could take a leaf out of his book, really. You know, I couldn't, mate, honestly. Getting dragged through a bush backwards is most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a night out? Yeah, absolutely. Crikey. Getting ready for that London should, night out. Should have seen me in Benidorm at 2am. 2am, 7 more like. Um Also, um, just touching on, Dave did mention, uh, obviously, a little bit about Wolves at the start there as well. Um, still thinks that they've got enough, still thinks that they should be fine, Liam, which I, I think we both agree with, but did uh, raise a, a decent point as well, saying that the only thing he's slightly concerned about is that a lot of these players have not been in this type of battle before, a relegation battle, and that's what worries him slightly with maybe a little bit of lack of experience. Do you agree with that? I think that's a fair assessment, yeah, because you've got, um, uh, with certain players I've already mentioned in terms of you know messages that have been sent to them, they've not necessarily been up for the fight so far. So I think it's absolutely a fair comment to make that some of these players, not only have they not had the experience of being there, but um, some of them have got to show a little bit more in terms of bottle and fight mm. to be here. Uh, I don't think that's something you can you can throw at the majority of the squad. I think the majority of the squad is very much up for it. But there are certain certain players that he's going to have to manage because they need to show a bit more. And um, and you would hope that you know the quality will still prevail and that won't get in Wolves' way. But it's it's something to to keep an eye on because Wolves have got to show a bit more of their scrappy side at times. And I think coming back to the Forest game again, I think they're going to need it in that one. They certainly are. Right, uh, first of all, uh, before we get on to uh, some questions, kellentoasterman.co.uk, our beautiful sponsors. Uh, Liam, you know, obviously, you know, we, you've, we've bought products from kellentoasterman.co.uk and uh, you're very happy with them. I'm very happy with them. This week, for 95% of everything they've got, it's free shipping, baby. It's free shipping. So obviously some of these things are bloody heavy, you know what I mean? You're getting a kettle and toaster, you're getting a tea and coffee maker, some of the amazing cookware they've got, even a fridge freezer. You're getting it free. You're getting it free free to ship. So this is the time to go on. Get yourself onto the website, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk, um, and automatically zero 
0.00 for postage, packaging, and delivery because it's coming straight to you for free, baby. You can't say anything more than that. And when, uh, and when right. you're already getting it cheap as chips, mate, getting that on top as well. I mean, it's no brainer, right? No brainer. No brainer. I'll, I'll be on there as soon as this podcast's over. <laughs> straight on. I love it. I surf it quite a lot, actually, as people will be um, will know because of my clicks. <laughs> on the old um, on the old button I did get you did send me a, someone sent me um, a silent mouse the other day which I should if they want to pay for it and send it to me then I'm quite happy to use that in podcasts as well especially if it's wireless I don't like a wire um, football prizes £4.95 a ticket this is beautiful by the way um, a beautiful signed Wolf shirt Astro Pay full kit um, looks amazing I mean all the top guys have signed it Lopetegui Nunes Cunha uh, Moutinho, Neves. I mean, this is a shirt, especially with some of these players that will be leaving the squad or we think are going to be leaving the squad. Some of these legendary players, Jimenez, at the end of the season. Um, to have something like this, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I don't know whether you've seen the, the picture of it, but this is one of the best, if not the best lot that they've done. £4.95, and there are only 199 tickets available. Um, we've already sold 87, so there's 112 left, and that finishes. Let's have a look in. Oh, it's oh, closes tonight. Uh, so make sure you get out. Four hours thirty-seven minutes. So seven thirty tonight closes. I'll tweet out after the game as well, after the game, after the um, after the podcast as well because that this is a, this is absolute classic piece, absolutely beautiful. So get involved. 2022, 2023 Wolf Squad shirts. Um, right, some questions from the beautiful people. Remember, this is a two-part podcast. The majority of questions will be answered. We will get to them, and that will be on Friday's show. So we'll just touch on a few now, Liam and. Um, there's a few Leeds fans that have come and answered some, asked some questions as well, which is great. Always great to see them. Get me involved. Uh, from time to time. <laughs> um, Roberta says, do you think Julian Lopetegui is trying to keep the squad happy? We've seen on multiple occasions players come in straight into the starting eleven out of nowhere, as well as hooking players at random, Lamina at half-time against Spurs and Dawson similarly on Saturday. I don't think... Ha- I can understand where the question is coming from. I don't think happiness is, is the thing because... That's one of the, the biggest improvements uh, I've noticed and what I've been told from people around the club as well. Unity. Yeah, at the, in the dressing room, in, at the training ground. That's very much something that's improved a lot since he's come in. So I don't think that's necessarily the problem. What I think it is, um, a lot of this chopping and changing, not just within games, but also starting 11s, as you mentioned, is partly, maybe more, more, more than partly actually, is players that he would like to start games not being available recently and then plays that he's bringing in not performing. So hmm. Cunha is, is managing this injury that he picked up at Fulham. He's still wearing a boot in between games and, and having to manage it. I think he's having a big impact on him not starting games. Sarabia only just came back for the Leeds game and obviously wasn't able to start. Those two, for me, would be starters. Um, yeah. And I think... Wang, you'd have thought, probably would have started on Saturday if he hadn't been injured. Absolutely spot on. He's a big fan of Wang. We mentioned that in the last podcast, so I think that's another one. Those three players are just three examples mm. of players that I think would be starting probably 90% of the games under Lopetegui um, if they weren't having issues at this ma- at this moment in time. And you've got players like Pedenza and Neto who have been coming in recently and have not been performing. So... That, I think, is the biggest reason why there's been a lot of chopping and changing recently. It's also fair to say, look, he does make changes based on you know his tactical plan for the opposition, how to win the game, and, and, and he's been very open about that. So that is also part of it. But I think that other side is, is a really big point, that he's not had really the kind of consistent availability of players that he would like. Mm-hmm. 
Jared says, what are the contributing factors to Wolves' tragic lack of confidence in front of goal? It is so good to see Wolves create lots of chances and pushing up the pitch, but why do you think the players can't convert shots on target to actual goals? I mean, that is the... I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. I'm say, why can't they convert shots on target? I'm going to say, why can't they get shots on target, really? And because there's not too many times that Melier was that... was was, was Despite their dominant in, pos- in possession, dominance in possession, that he was really worked. I mean, it's the golden question, isn't it? I mean, if, if we were able to give a, a 100% clear answer on this, we'd probably have the we'd job ourselves. Exactly. I mean, it's... We'd be on 500 Gs a year, mate. It, it's, it's incredible because uh, you already are, aren't you? Um, Wait... <laughs> It really is incredible because you look at Wolves' dominance in the game against Leeds and the, and the chances they did create. They should have scored. Of course, they should have scored more goals than they did. And clear-cut goals. As I say, the two goals they did score were you know, a freak incident and a, a massive deflection. So they weren't clear-cut, well-crafted goals that Wolves should be scoring. Um, and I come back to the expected goals situation again. Yes, Wolves get into good positions. Yes, they, they are creating half chances and opportunities. and But they're not taking shots when shots are available to them. They're not creating clear enough opportunities, partly because of the positioning of strikers, um, partly due to... I don't, I, it has to be confidence for me because you cannot go this long without scoring goals and not be uh, disheartened by it. So I think Jimenez, I know we've discussed his um, his expected goals recently. For the Leeds game, it was 0.6-something. I forget the exact figure, but I think 0.62 possibly, something like that. Um, still not very big. <laughs> you know, Just over half a goal, so... You know, there's, there's the, the quantity and quality of these chances is um, is still far below par. And for me, Cunha, I'll come back to him again, his link-up play and his creativity has to be in there start from the start. And something we haven't seen or hardly seen, it has to be alongside Raul Jimenez. I'll keep banging that drum. Well, I guess the injury will dictate whether he's going to start on... Um... Forest, which, like I say, two weeks' time might help everybody involved, hopefully. Uh, Stephen says, I feel there's two to three players in Lopetegui's matchday squad that aren't 100% up for a relegation fight. Either they don't fancy it, know that they won't be here next season, or simply didn't sign up for it. Is it time for Lopetegui to trust in the players he wanted and convinced to join in January? Yeah, I think it comes back to the same point again. I, I agree there are, there are certain players who have not shown enough fight so far. Completely agree. Made that point just a minute ago. But it, I think it comes back to the same... Uh, who, 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 Liam? I think Pedence hasn't shown enough. I think Aitnori hasn't shown enough. Mm-hmm. Let me wrap my brain. Is there anyone else of late? Um, I mean, I'm not, it's, it's it's not a coincidence. Those are the two players as well that have had you know very public messages sent sure. their, public indirect messages if that if that makes sense, but sent their yeah. way. Um, and of course, Geddes isn't already already. I mean, that was obviously an been obvious one. one. Yeah, of course he would have been. He would have would have been one. And, and look, he was there for the first half of the season, so it's a big, it's still a big talking point. Albeit he's not here at the moment. Um, I know he's not scored, Liam, but uh, I would say that Raúl didn't show anywhere near. He didn't want to be here before Lopetegui took over, and I think it took a bit of convincing anyway. But I feel like attitude-wise, he's definitely turned himself around. And and you know whether it's a penalty or not. I mean, he should have had a couple of goals or penalties. You know, in the last couple of games. So the fact that he hasn't, but I feel like he's one of those players who who is still there and is still, you know, fighting. Which, let's be honest, um, probably wasn't there six months ago. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, credit to him for turning it round, but I think that's a, a fair point as well. So look, there, there are a few. I, I don't think the majority of the squad is like this. I think the vast majority are very much up for this. Um, and then it comes back to the same conclusion for me from the question. 
trusting the players that he brought in. I think he he wants to do that. He wants to try and be he wants to be playing Lamina and Dawson and Sarabia and Cunha from the start every game, mm-hmm. and he's had issues recently with being, with being able to do that. I think that's a really big talking point. Good stuff, Liam. Thank you very much. Um, look, there's, there's loads of questions here. We'll go through the next 30 or so on Friday, along with a little bit more chit-chat, of course. Uh, but from me, from Liam, I'm sorry it was a little bit depressing, but we tried to get a little bit of humour in there, a little bit of crack, but, you know, needs must sometimes. Uh, have a great few days. We'll see you on Friday. Take care. Bye-bye. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back.